Welcome back to another episode of Survival Worldwide on Reality Pop. You've got myself and Riley back here as always, and today we are joined by a Survivor South Africa Season 6 alumni, Tony. Tony, how are you? Good, and you guys, how's it going? I'm doing really, really good. It is late on this side here, so if anybody's watching the stream and they're worried about the fact that I'm having a beer, it is already after 7pm here, so it's not 9am in the morning. <laughs> I don't have a problem, okay? <laughs> Listen, no judgment. 9am is mimosa time anyway. <laughs> um, Tony, how have you been since playing Survivor? You're one of the um, alumni over in Survivor South Africa that seems to be really active still in the community. And I always see you commenting on Twitter and, you know, um, and sort of being active with previous players that have played, even from players from last season. I've spoken to Leanne, for instance, on here, who's told me that she hangs out with you every now and again. Um, how's things been with um, you since Survivor? So for me, one of the biggest things about being on Survivor was I actually feel like I won in terms of the friends that I made. Um, not just from castaways who became family um, and even castaways from the, sec the season after mine, but from fans who became friends. You know, like I just, it's amazing my friendship group that just expanded from doing Survivor. And those friendships were such good, wonderful friendships. Um, and fortunately, one of those amazing friendships um, was the first boots, that's Jason. He is like a brother to me. Um, so that was a very hard episode for me to watch was to see a guy that loved the game so much get first boots, you know, because I know him so well and I know how much he loves the game. For myself also, um, like I, I sort of co-host an online um, survivor game on Facebook. And I just want to still be a very active part of the community because I do believe that it's thanks to the community that the, there's longevity in the show. So I think it's important to take that blessing of being chosen and realize that there are so many people out there that want to play and will probably never get the opportunity. So why not just keep at it with them and let them still love the game despite not being a part of it on the actual show, you know? No, but life otherwise, but life otherwise, yeah, it's been an adventure. Like Survivor teaches you a lot about what you really want. So I've been... You know, like I was living in the city and when I left, when, you know, go off the island and I went back to Joburg, I just couldn't anymore. Um, so we moved to a small coastal town because I just wanted to just, you know, get near to the ocean. Um, my mind just changed, my brain changed, my outlook and life changed. I'm going through a divorce now. So, you know, like my husband and I sort of parted ways. That kind of started happening a little bit after Survivor, I'm not going to lie. And because you do such a big thing that it, it kind of expands you a bit and he noticed the changes. Um, but my husband and I still best friends. And now I'm also I've moved to Cape Town. So there's just so much going on. And I honestly do believe that Survivor can push you. When you do a show like Survivor, it pushes you to make some major life changes. That's awesome. So, so Cape Town is my neck of the woods. I'm I was originally from Belleville in Cape Town, so I know it pretty I well. Tell and everybody that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was born in Belleville. I kind of grew up in, in in Worcester, which is like a, oh, about 100, 200 kilometers into in the mm. Borland. So, so I'm I'm a Platteland um, person by nature. Oh, so I don't know what I'm. Please. Yeah, I'm a Platteland boyki. So I don't know what I am doing and living in all these different cities um, internationally. But um, yeah, so humble beginning but 100% know that sort of neck of the woods. And you, you mentioned Jason there as someone that you've known. I've spoken to Jason a few times now. I've spoken to him on the exit interview. And then since then, we've just continued to communicate. Seems like such a great guy, just a great soul in general. I'm gutted. I was even more... 
I was even more gutted when I spoke to him in the exit interview afterwards. I just thought, oh, we missed, we missed out on a great character on the show. Absolutely. Now, we really missed some great TV with him going early. Yeah, and it's sad. And and obviously, you mentioned the Ruse Online Survivor um, that I wasn't aware of until quite recently. But obviously, as mm. I, I've always, I've been a closet Survivor fan, you know. So I came out of the closet this year with the podcast, and I'm a lot more online now, um, talking to fans and integrating into the online community. To be honest, for the longest period of time, I was kind of uh, a little bit scared of getting involved in the online community for Survivor because I always know that on Twitter and all of these things, there's a lot of toxicity and and just nastiness that happens. But the survivor community, as far as I'm aware at the moment, it's probably because I'm small, small fry at the moment. I don't have much success. The more successful I come, I'll get more haters, I'm sure. Um, I haven't had any of the negative stuff coming my way as of yet. So it's actually been a pretty good experience for me at this point. Now, another person that you know quite well that is playing this season is Dino, who won season one, I believe, for that online or that online you've had. Game, yes. yes. How much of a target and, um, do you think this has put on him coming into the show? Um, because it's sounds would, like there was some I would, stuff yeah i would have hoped that it wouldn't have um put too much of a target on him because you know you shouldn't be taking these online games so seriously that's like saying somebody who plays you know car theft auto or whatever there's a target on him that he's a potential hijacker you know like it's a bit it's a bit of a stretch but i do think that playing the online game does kind of give you a little bit of insight into how to work with people etc so there is something in it but I also want to think that a lot of these castaways don't even know about online games. I feel like there's some levels of they are not that in tune, no offense to the whole survivor community at large. You know, they possibly watch the TV show, but I don't think they really realize how far it extends into like online games or like the orgs, etc. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to cause a target unless somebody, because that's what happens. It can take one person to just keep banging on about something. And it starts like buzzing in people's heads and it just starts building like a fire. That like people could be like, I have no idea what the hell a online game is, but Dino played one and someone says it's a problem, it's a problem. And it's those kind of thought patterns that just start growing in your head. So might might create a target, but I don't think that it was that. The fact that he grabbed an immunity idol, the fact that he asked Paul for help, the fact that he did so well in a puzzle, that's what's causing a target. 100%. Um, we spoke about that in episode one and the recap and saying that Dino definitely, from what we saw in the edit, because we're all very aware as um, pretty big fans of the show that we only see the edited version of the show, but what we've seen, it's it looked like he was overplaying quite a lot early on in that episode mm -hmm. and that that made him a huge target. And um, another person who had a very big target on him coming into this second episode, um, he's someone that some people criticize for being quite vocal in the previous Tribal Council. Some people may have criticized them that is a part of this podcast here today um <laughs> looking at you riley um but i think that it, when sean you know like he said his back was against the wall there he nearly died um in that tribal council and he had to fight so riley we see him early here in this episode do some damage control with the likes of it and Nella and telling them like listen i hate you guys for putting me into this position but i had to fight for my life but again he is continuing to put the focus on dino at this point is that a good move here by uh sean riley yeah, that's right. It seems like uh, Sean here is really trying to assimilate himself back into the camp. I mean, obviously, I think uh, the rest of the tribe see that he was really fighting to save his own life. He wasn't aware and clued into that blind side of Jason. So he was on the outsides there. Um, but we do say that Renier and Amy, um, they really seem to start to be creating this strong bond here um, early on on the Zamba tribe. 
Um, and yeah, Sean, Sean still seems to be a little bit set back, but I think he is um, self-aware enough to know that obviously he's on the outs, but he still has um, that path that, and I, I think the Zamba tribe are open enough to bring him back into the fold, knowing that he was out on that last vote, um, but he can really make a comeback here. Mm. What did you think of Renir and Amy's secret mafia alliance, Tony? Do you think that that's something that's got some legs in the show and that we will see them go quite deep? It's an unusual alliance. I never felt like, like Amy, I chose her as a winner. Well, in one of my fantasy picks, I put her there. And when I put her there, I imagined who she would align with. And I imagined the reason why I kind of picked her is because I'm friends with Dino and I figured she would align with someone like Dino. Yeah. I saw that mm. happening. So I was very surprised by that. And I think it can work because they, because of the fact that I did not see that coming, I think it can work because I don't think a lot of people can saw that coming. Um, just a quick side note. Every season yes. of Survivor, I always have a crush, obviously. My all-time overall Survivor crush is Henry from Australia. But this season, my crush is Sean. So please don't come for my boy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, Sean is in my in my fantasy or in my draft pick for uh, the teams that I selected. He's kind of, he was middle of the road for me. He wasn't like somebody I thought would mm. out and out win the whole show, but he was kind of, I was, the jury was out on him because when I first saw his videos in the beginning of the season, he reminded me of Shane Powers from, um, what was it, Cook Islands? I, I forgot the name. That, Panama. Yeah, he reminded me of Panama. him, but. Yeah, Panama. But but he, he seemed like mental. more I loved Exactly. Exactly. And and Sean to me seemed like more of a grounded Shane Powers. But I think the the Shane Powers came out in him a little bit when his back was against the wall and he needed to fight for his place in the show. And I'm a big fan of Shane Powers. I think it's an absolute crime that he hasn't returned to play the game for a second time. Yes, I know there was a I couple agree. of times where he's been close to coming back and um playing. But sort of touching on the Amy and Renir Secret Mafia Alliance, I think that but Anir is kind of like Dino in some ways. He's just as big of a fan as Dino. Um, but Anir is what we kind of spoke about prior to going live here. He's got all of it, right? He's got the physicality. He's got the strategic chops. Um, he seems really well-liked socially by his tribe. So I think that someone like Anir, even though he's also part of my draft team, I want him to go quite far and potentially win the show. I think that it's going to be very difficult for someone like him to go throughout this whole episode. So I, I really like this move for Amy because I think that... Amy can hide behind someone like Renir and can sort of latch onto him and go quite deep into this game. Now, early here, we see in the Vuna tribe that um, Paul is a bit of a Bear Grylls. And um, I saw a few people uh, comment on the amount of times that Bear Grylls get mentioned in the Survivor South Africa world. Just to let you guys know that <laughs> in South Africa, Bear Grylls is really popular and he is seen as the guy who can do everything out in the wild. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's definitely a good thing here for Paul to be sort of um, compared to someone like Bear Grylls. But uh in the same scene where this is happening, Carla kind of has this conversation where she says that if there is a tribe swap, I hope that I'm going to land in the same tribe as you, Paul. Renita, what did you think about Pinty and her comments here towards uh, uh, Carla? Yeah, I, I think Carla. You just call Riley Renita. <laughs> I, I don't look like Renita. I certainly don't have the afro, but um, <laughs> Carla Car Car really did. Have another sip um, of that beer, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> It's getting to him. It, it must be 9am over there. But no, Car Carla did sense there that, that Paul really is ingracing himself as sort of this character that everyone's looking towards him as someone that they can all trust, it seems. And we did discuss this in the last episode that um, when Dino made that expression over to Paul and tried to get him to send him to 
immunity island, it didn't seem as though Paul was too much in the decision-making process. Whereas after this episode, it seems that now Natalie's building the shelter, um, and we will discuss that Vuna shelter later on after that big storm hit, um, but he does seem to be trusted a lot and does seem like people want to be around him, which is good. Um, but but someone that Carla obviously wasn't warm towards, though, as we start to see, um, she's starting to say that Pinty doesn't really seem to be very receptive toward her. Um, and she's really starting to step on her toes a little bit and call shots around the camp. Um, and Tony, I'm not sure about you, but a, a person like Pinty around the camp, does that really, um, having someone that steps on, your, steps on your toes and calls the shots, is that something that rubs you the wrong way? Yeah, and I think when you're in such close confines with these people and you're already hungry and cold and tired and stuff, it can be the smallest things that can trigger you. You know, I look at when we were on our tribe, Stacy, who I'm friends with now, who is such an amazing girl, she really rubbed me up the wrong way. You know, she was she was like, she just came across as very abrasive. And yet I, when I look at Pansy, I don't see abrasiveness. She actually sounded like a mother to me. She's like, my girl, yeah. I'm leaving those shoes there. I mean, my mom used to talk to me like that. And I'm going to leave those shoes at that birth, I must burn. And I, I really liked Pansy. I was like, you know, tell her, tell them, you must be schooled, you know? And so I felt for her um, in terms of people saying that they were getting rubbed up the wrong way. But it's such a, it's, it's going to happen. There's so few of you, there's very, very few corners to hide in. And it's going to be very easy to trigger somebody off, especially when you're looking for people to vote off. Yeah, and I mean, she was looking out for her uh, in that scene where she puts the shoes right next to the fire, yeah. not wanting her shoes to get burned and things like that. But I think where it really comes across later on in the episode is where Pinty goes up to Kieran and starts giving him the third degree sort of and really looking into, you know, will you actually go against Mike and Carla and sort of cross-examining. And uh, Inesu even realizes there that Pinty came across as quite abrasive in that scene. And I think we definitely saw a little bit of what they were seeing in that scene specifically. But I agree with you. The rest of it, I actually think someone like a pinty is someone i would get along with really well in life but then again some of my favorite characters like even last year um or two years ago now uh, island of secrets one of my favorite um castaways was steffi and i know a lot of people didn't like her abrasiveness and being so straightforward i like that in real life and i would rather have someone that would tell me how it is truthfully to my face than be backstabbing and going and, and being nice to my face saying hey i'm all with you and then they backstab you behind the scenes it's better to have someone that is a bit more straightforward and survival, but, I, I mean, I'd like to bring in a little bit of a social injustice here. And, I, and I, you know, I am one that always talks about these kind of things, you know, like everyone knows me, I'm always running for causes. And one of the things is misogyny and sexism. And I'm going to bring it because I think that if Pansy was a guy doing what she did, it might have been more acceptable. Maybe yeah, I'm wrong. It's possible. Yep. But I just you, feel like. You, you, you do often see that in Survivor. You, you do often see that with, with someone like Sean, he's seen as a leader on their tribe, and I don't think he's going to get targeted um, as much as someone like Pinty would, or um, not not quite the same comparison, but you look at um, in US Survivor, Reem, who was obviously this very motherly figure and calling the shots, yes. doing all these things. Um, people didn't like that, um, which obviously, you know, put a target on her back. And I think because of the perceived, um, it, it's perceived that she's not as strong in challenges as someone like uh, Chappies would. Um, so I do wonder if Chappies was being that abrasive, would it put the same target on him? And I, I agree with you, Tony. I don't think it would. No, it wouldn't. Well, I mean, it absolutely wouldn't, you know. Yeah, well, we just have to look at the winner for your season, Tony, to see someone that is extremely abrasive throughout the season and then gets to the and end and so get getting... all the respect. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, it is it, it, it is what it is. I, I, look at, I looked at Pansy and the way she was carrying on, and I was like, go, girl, go. You, you tell them. And then I thought, mm, okay, well, guess what? If you weren't a girl, it probably would have been a bit more acceptable. 
Um, and it is just a sad case of the world we live in, you know. Um, hmm. So, you know, you look at Renier from season one, uh, episode one. He was quite aggressively pointing and doing things. And he was player of the, the episode. Yay, go him. He was all pushing for things. She's pushing and saying to people in their face, hey, tell me, what are you, where are you at? Where are you at? And it's not a it's not accepted. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's 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 also it's also interesting though because at the end of the episode, I know we're jumping a little bit over the place, and we'll come back to this because it's kind of relevant to Pinty. Um, with Pinty, when she gets voted out, she has a completely wrong read. So I don't think it's because she. I think that she's yeah. not the perfect player. I agree with some of the things that you're saying 100, percent and it probably didn't help her at all. But I also think that she misread the people in her tribe totally. and how she was being perceived throughout the whole thing. Because she but actually I think there's thinks been a Japanese lot of people. A lot of misreadings in there. I mean, Santoni misread some things. Paul yeah. and his Warda votes. I don't know. There seem to be a lot of uh, <laughs> wires being crossed in this episode. So it's quite curious to see. But uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving the messy play. I'm like, also you know. It. Yeah. When when there's like for me, one of the worst things in, in in modern day Survivor and watching some of the the newer seasons in the US is that you get twenty people out there that are all game bots and they know exactly what mm. to do at what time and it becomes so boring. I like the fact yes. that they're throwing agents of chaos in there. Like last last season, it was Doral. This season. Paul looks like he's going to be even more of an agent of chaos if they just let him run loose because he, to me, doesn't look yeah. like he has got any idea of what he's doing out there. And I'm I'm loving it. Like, I love seeing I this love type it, of thing, yeah. you know, in the show. Santuini also, sorry, I'm also probably jumping ahead, but when Santuini yes. got to the island, she even said, it's so boring because no one's making alliances. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm. Mm, that's not yeah. true today. Oh, you're yeah. not there. You know? <laughs> So yeah, like these people are a little bit unaware and I like that because when you're unaware or maybe less, so when, maybe when you're less aware, you actually start playing a game. You know, when you think that you're mm. all, you've got it all together, you kind of just go with this flow that's kind of predictable and boring for us as viewers. Yeah, 100%. It just it feels like it's a scripted show that we're watching instead mm. of reality TV with that unpredictability that we love to see. And I think that producers and all of the different um, series over in Australia and in the US, they've started realizing that the show has become stale and predictable. That's why they're throwing all these twists and tribe swaps and all those kind of things that we'll definitely mm. talk about a little bit further along in this episode. I want to move on to the first challenge here. So we go into the first challenge and um, it is for fishing gear um, and, and a full fishing gear set. We don't really get to see them use it in this specific episode, but I'm sure having that out there, especially around the wild coast and being from South Africa myself i know that there's a lot of fish in the sea there so i'm sure mm -hmm. someone's going to catch something if they know what they're doing especially um i've recently started watching survivors of africa season one because i remember watching a little bit of it back in the day but i never really actually finished the whole season and there's a specific player that season that used someone's earrings and a stick with some line to catch fish and um that to me is insane that you can catch fish mm. with someone's ear, with a half an <laughs> earring and just the stick in a, in a line. So I'm assuming that this person, whoever the, the is, is out there, um, sadly we don't have Jason out there to catch the fish for them, um, that someone else will step up. It's, it looks like Sean was the one that sort of gravitated towards that. So hopefully mm. he shows us a little bit of that skill moving forward. The actual challenge though, um, it is quite an interesting one here because it's, it consists of eight members having to race down or race into the water climb an obstacle course and then get some fishnets and then they have to make their way back where a puzzle needs to be completed. Um, one of the things that they changed here in this 
compared to some of the international shows uh, that are out there is that the person who does the puzzle at the end could tap in and out and replace get replaced with someone else, which I think is a good thing because it just doesn't make the weakest person in the tribe who normally doesn't do the obstacle cause, it doesn't automatically make them a, th a, a sort of the scapegoat um, if they can't mm. finish the puzzle where they will immediately get eliminated. What did you guys yes. think of this challenge, Tony? What did you think? Did you like the fact that they could swap in and out? And who do you think yeah, performs I really well here? And I did like the fact that they could swap in and out because at the end of the day, you are a tribe. And that's what I've always thought about these things. I hate it when it's like one person can only do the puzzle. You're like, oh, but we're a tribe, you know. We should be able mm. to kind of help each other. That's what being a tribe is about. Um, I remember in our season, when Pika, myself and Josie, I mean, geez, we needed a win, hey. We needed that chocolate fountain with these some jelly tops. And Josie got stuck on the – and she was terrible. She was terrible at that puzzle. And, and Pika, as an engineer, was looking at it and going, I should have done this puzzle. And we were like, damn, if only you could swap out there. Because we were a tribe, and we were a tribe of misfits that needed to help each other. So I like that, that they could do that. Um, yeah, look, I suppose there is something in getting somebody to step forward for something and, and failing at it. Um, so maybe there is a bit of a, psychological, a psychology behind that. But for me, it was a fun challenge. Um, I was very worried about Santuani there, but I was very proud of her too, that she's, she succeeded there at the end. Um, it was a great challenge. I would love to have done that challenge. And Daniel was a hero on that one. He was really dominant yeah. in that puzzle. He stepped straight in and just went straight away and just dominated. Yes. And I, 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 I do like that they have the option there to tap out um, because something we didn't see in the immunity challenge later. Um, and obviously when, when we discussed that, Carla sort of became a little bit of a target there. We, we do see in the past that if you do the puzzle and you fail, then that puts a massive target on your back, especially this early in the game as well. We didn't, we didn't mm. have those strong alliances at this point. Um, but yeah, to, to have that option to tap out and, you know, change things up. And once someone gets that, uh, get, gets on a roll there, it does, you know, really come together for you. And uh, as we saw, Dino, straight away, he saw the piece. And from there, it was just boom, 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 boom. And mm -hmm. it came out in the end for Zamba. And, and for them to get that um, shift of momentum there, to give him that sort of confidence after losing the first couple challenges, it, yes. it does give a big boost. Um, and obviously that fishing kit as well is going to be great. Yeah, no, I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head there. The win is more about the win than the actual fishing gear at that yeah. point because I think they kind of needed that sort of that boost. That momentum, yeah, definitely. And um, the other thing that really stood out for me in this challenge was the relationship between Santoni and Chappies. And I don't think that they're showing us this by accident. Chappies goes back, he's quite encouraging, talks to an Afrikaans throughout most of the, the challenge. So you guys probably get told off, I would assume, uh, by the producers if you speak too much Afrikaans out there. Um, but he encourages her to sort of, you know, finish the challenge. He goes back to finish the challenge with her. Um, and we do know that by the end of this episode, Chappies is going to get left out in the cold. So his relationship with Santoni, which um, we will go into in this next section of the episode a little bit, that's going to become more and more important, I think, moving forward. And I, I do like that deal between a Santoni and a Chappies potentially because Chappies, to me, is someone who's willing to make moves. Um, he's going to play a very sloppy, messy and out there game. Maybe not. Maybe he is the mad scientist of uh, Survivor South Africa. You know, like, I mean, a lot of us didn't think that Tony Vlakos could win in the way that he did over in Kagayan. Mm. So who knows if he's maybe possible to do something crazy um, in South Africa. Now, we do see here back at Tribe in the Vuna uh, uh, camp, Chappies and Carla says that, you know, it was bound to happen. 
for for them to lose uh, a challenge somewhere. And Chappies is now starting to think 4D chess here. Um, what happens if they lose the immunity challenge? And he's starting to talk about the fact that they need to build a team and pull people together. So uh, we already know at this, uh, this stage that Inesu and Pinty and Chappies, they were the formidable three, but he's now pulling in Paul to this conversation again. And um, it's quite an interesting conversation because Inesu, Tony, it doesn't look like she's that keen on Paul coming into this alliance. And I think, was it her that said she just saw Paul's eyes going ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yes, shifty yes, eyes, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, the shifty eyes. Um, so I love Paul. Um, he, like, there's something, I, so what I do is that when I watch this, I always say, who would I play with? And um, so, you know, definitely a nest with somebody I would play with because um, she's very grounded. But Paul is somebody I would hang with. But I'd be a little bit scared, if I'm honest, um, because he does seem ding, 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 ding. He's out there to make up his own mind. Always out there, and he just doesn't have a mind. I don't know what's going on there, but um, I, yeah, I, I think I feel like there were gaps in the in the in the show because I'm not sure why Paul went for Wadu at the end. Because now it makes me worry a little bit about him too. Because mm. if they were trying to pull him in with an Anesu and everyone else, and Wadu's and Anesu are that tight, Anesu is not going to take it lightly that Paul went for her, her homie. You know, I don't know. Yeah. About it's him. very, it's a, it's a very, very interesting for me throughout this whole episode, looking at Paul coming into that conversation. I feel like Paul at this stage, and I'm sorry to say it, it's just the edits not showing me more. So if Paul's doing a lot more, Francha Chapman, mm -hmm. who's in the chat, he'll know that, but he can't tell us, obviously. Um, he's just let us know that he's um, listening to the live show. Um, Paul's looking like he's a little bit lost at the moment to me. He doesn't seem to know that where the votes are, what's happening. And I feel like that shift, the eyes that Inesu saw could just be him trying to sort of fig figure out what's okay. happening, what's the dynamic. Mm -hmm. Exactly. He's just, I think there's, he's like a deer in headlights at this stage in the game. But um, we also see at this stage here that Chappies pulls Paul aside and um, he continues to talk to Paul on the beach about, listen, we now need to think about what will happen if we lose the immunity challenge. We most likely will have Santoni as the weakest member, I put that in quotations, because obviously there's a lot of different ways to, um, for strength to be in a tribe. And, and Santoni, the jury's still out if she's actually the weakest when it comes to puzzles and things like that. We haven't seen her prove herself there. Um, um, but he's thinking ahead and he's saying, okay, well, most likely Santoni is going to be the person who's going to be sent. So let's pull Santoni uh, into our alliance. So at least we know um, what's happening in the immunity island. And I think that this is, there's some foreshadowing to what's going to happen in, in the next episode. I think mm. that Chappies Riley, he's going to be very happy about the fact that he's trying to pull Santoni in and he's giving her attention because a lot of the times the player that's on the outside, we say this all of the time, they shouldn't be left alone because they could become powerful. There's still a vote in the game. And in this case, like we know at the end of the episode here, Riley, she's got a lot of ammunition. Absolutely. And we do see this later on the episode when Pinty mentions uh, getting out Mike and then potentially bringing Carla as an extra number. It is important that if someone is on the outs and they don't have those alliances in the game, you're the first one to jump and bring them in. Because especially this early on, I'm sure for you, Tony, building those bonds early in the game, they're ultimately going to probably last longer. Um, and and mm. especially coming up to a tribe swap as well. Um, you know, to, to make sure that you have as many possible alliances within your own tribe um, and you don't have any bad blood with anyone really or you don't um, have any lack of connection with anyone. To make sure that you have at least some somewhat of a connection with, with everyone on your tribe is a smart move this early in the game when you have that opportunity for tribes to happen and we find that you're, you're at an even number, say four and four, on the other tribe um, and you're not 
you're not in with someone like Santoni and she can then flip on you and you know potentially get you out. It, it's good to have all those options on the table. And I, I do like what Chappie's done here, knowing that if uh, if Zamba win the challenge, Santoni being the perceived weakest will probably be the one that's sent um, because then that's you know an option for them to make sure that she stays, which obviously might give them an advantage in the challenge if they don't perceive her to be as strong as she was. Um, it, it also gives them the option then to say, well, if, if Santoni finds a clue on the island, um, then we can get that back and that can ultimately help our alliance as well. So I, I think there are there are a lot of valid points here for Chappies to bring someone like Santoni into the tribe. Not only is she on the outside without an alliance, um, it, it might benefit him come the tribe stop, and also it gives them a clue as well, potentially, if they do build that trust. Yeah. There was a little comment that Paul had made, and I don't know if many people picked it up, but I think Chappies was talking to Paul about bringing Santoni in, mm. Santoni in, and then um, Paul said, but she talks too much, or she talks a lot. Mm. And I, I found that quite interesting because it, it was a very throwaway statement. And I thought, oh, is this a little bit of a prelude to something that maybe is Santoni going to start exposing things later on in the mm. show? You know, you look for all these little these little gaps. So yeah. I, I would be curious to see, yeah, if she's going to stick with something. And, I mean, then again, they showed what happens next week. And there's Santoni talking about that she's got the idle clue. So maybe she's got a bit of loose slips. I wonder. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because we do see in that next time on Survivor, uh, Tyson saying that the secret of Immunity Island is no longer a secret. So if he finds out about it and Chappies knows about like, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that information is going to come out. And I'm yeah. always, how do you feel, um, Tony, about sharing information in regards to finding an idol, sharing certain advantages? How What's your feel on it? Because I've always been very critical of it. Um, Riley is mm -hmm. kind of a bit more 50-50 on it. I do know that it depends on the situation if you're in the bottom and you need to work your way in sharing information can help you build bonds but if you're in a position information power, is currency 100 mm. yeah. and i mean yeah, i so. did that and i got look i got lambasted um on the episode where i told pk that vanna had a second idol and mm. a lot of viewers were like going off at me but what they didn't understand was that i knew that i was in a tribal four now because a pk tevin and myself and josie and pk was starting to like maybe say to, that tevin needs to be a target and um, I needed that to happen because if Tevin, PK and I voted out Josie and then we go back to tribal, then it's me that goes next, you know. So I actually needed PK or Tevin to go. I needed to keep Josie. And so I used that currency. PK was confiding to me a little bit how he's feeling about Tev, so I felt I needed to tell him what's going on because his biggest fear was my relationship with Badner. PK said, but Tony, mm. like if we get rid of Tevin, what happens to me? What's going on with you and Vaddies? And I said, no, listen, don't worry about me and Vaddies. I've got you. And I need to tell you something. Actually, Vaden has got another idol. We need to keep him close. So it was currency. And it worked because it really made, he even the very next confessional, he said, Tony telling me about that idol meant a lot to me. It shows me she trusts me. That's currency. Yeah. So you've got yeah. to use, but you know, just, just the same as when you get paid at the end of the month, you don't go blow it on stupid things. You need to use, well, not all of us, um, you need to use your currency very wisely. And and what you need to understand is sometimes you give that currency to someone and they just go and give it to everybody else. So I think if I were to ever have to play again, I would play differently and I would be, I'd be very honest about those things. I would yeah, <laughs> don't tell you, us I, how you would play Tony should, just in case you're out there. Game plan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Keep it keep it Maybe close I'm to your lying. chest for now. 
<laughs> but um, I think that for me, you know, because obviously at this stage, we also see Chappie's assuring that he's got diplomatic immunity with the rest of the crew. And he gives us a little bit of additional information here where he says that, you know, it can either be myself that can go over to the other tribe and can do a mutiny effectively, or I can send someone mm. else from our tribe to the other tribe as well, which we I didn't know that from the first episode. So it's interesting that it can be either well. be himself or someone else as well. And um, what I think when it comes to sharing that information, if you've got a, tri a, a group of people that you really trust, it can be powerful. But like you quite rightfully said, is that other people there can't be trusted. Because even someone like Pointy, Ooh. who Chappie's thought was going to be extremely trustworthy and someone that's going to be loyal to him, goes and tells Tyson yes. about it at the end of the day. Similar to how you told about Vanner's second idol to, to PK, that's my fear is that no matter what, if you tell people you've got an advantage in the game, it will be bring a target on your back and it just gives people an opportunity to use your your tool that you've got as a as a currency because it's not only just all exactly so it's 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 a very um catch 22 difficult situation um if you've got an idol you know do you share that information if you've got an advantage and i don't say i don't think that my my idea of what I think should be done should be followed a hundred percent because you've got to play it by the situation. And if I was ever to be out there and play it, I can see how people would say I'm an hypocrite as soon as I share that information with someone because the situation sort of <laughs> demands me sharing it, you know? So um, definitely don't set, like I always say, don't put out um, definites for yourself. Like I would not do this when I'm out there or I don't want to be perceived as the mommy. Mm. I don't want to be perceived. Don't just play into people's perceptions be fluid with what's happening in the game because you can't predict these things. Yeah. yeah so, absolutely. And I love so the we, armchair we warrior part of this all because you, you listen to these people like, oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. I was like, oh, girl, I've been watching Survivor for 20 years and I also yelled at the TV many times and then I went on the island and I did the exact same things I yelled at the TV yeah. about. You just don't know, you know? No, 100%. Now we, we go to um, Zumba Tribe and Zumba Tribe, we see that Sean's very happy about the fact that they've got the fishing gear, like I mentioned earlier. So maybe he's someone that we'll see actually put that to good use in future episodes. But the more interesting scene here is of Nicole, who we haven't seen a lot of up until this point of the mm -hmm. show. She hasn't had many confessionals. And she says that, you know, she's very surprised at how good Dino was in that puzzle. And that's now put a target on Dino in her mind. And she's going to keep a closer eye on him as a power player moving forward if i look at the edit alone i think that nicole's gonna lose that battle and dino is gonna persevere because dino's just got such a bigger edit than nicole but it's interesting that nicole notices that and then we get a scene with dino immediately being very self-aware and knowing that he has now put a target on his back by going out there and absolutely obliterating the competition yeah and that's something that smash as well he, he does mention that um build, building off the back of it he says the, if, if he gets carried away and keeps winning those puzzle challenges down the line, I mean, it's going to be something that you, you can't get rid of. Much like what we saw with uh, Rob in last season, obviously, the stronger he got, um, the harder it became to get him out. And no, I, I found one word that Nicole mentioned there being sneaky. We saw in the last episode, obviously, with Dino at the beginning getting that immunity idol to keep him safe um, and also Dino getting caught by sean um whispering to paul to try and save himself and send himself send himself to immunity island there i think that at the moment the perception for the perception of dino is it, it's really going to be a tough situation for him to get out of because he's been viewed as being sneaky and being caught getting um in, in coots with the other tribe and then again he's also this strong challenge threat in as particularly in terms of the puzzles as well so at the moment it's it's very good for them knowing that he's a great puzzle 
player, but if that gets to the merge or a potential tribe swap down the line, that might put a serious target on his back. And I, I do worry about Dino because, Tony, I'm not sure if you know, but I, I picked Dino as my first pick and my winner pick for this season. So I'm okay. I'm really hoping he does well this season. But at the moment, it's looking like there's too many targets coming at him that I do wonder how is he going to be mm. able to shift away from it, from all this because it, it seems as though the girls are starting to shift away from him as well. So I, I don't know where he stands in the tribe at the moment. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he goes forward and whether he can build those strong alliances to keep him safe in the game and, and really shift that target off himself. Well, I mean, yeah, let's, I think... let's compare Dino to somebody like Werner, okay? If you yeah. actually think about it in our season, Werner found, went looking for wood, found an idol. When we were in that one balancing challenge, he jumped in the water, grabbed an idol. That could have been perceived as quite sneaky. Like, oh, okay, you sneak. All right, you're just jumping off of things and getting idols and then exposing, telling us, don't worry, guys, it's all for us. And yet none of us went, oh, no, he's sneaky. And he was good at challenges. So perhaps like there's hope for your winner pick is that although there's that sneaky thing he can socially maneuver himself out of that um that mindset you know because Werner almost the same and but socially got himself through so so you know fingers crossed for your boy let's put it that way and my boy because yeah. <laughs> he is my friend <laughs> absolutely yeah and I, I think I think that with Dino, um, the the most dangerous part of the game for Dino is actually the start of the game because he's a super fan, and I think he got yeah. in his own head and became very paranoid early on. I think that the longer Dino is going to be in the game, the more he's just going to calm down and relax, and he's going to feel like I've got it. There's one more vote, um, and as soon as he relaxes and his approach to other people and how he comes across talking to them relaxes, I think people will be more receptive yeah. of him as well because it does look like he's got a lot of run way here because Anella is seen defending Dino twice in this episode. He defends Dino in the beginning when Sean tries to put the target on Dino. He says that Sean's very cleverly trying to get in with me and the need and be one of the alliance, but I see what he's doing. And then Anella again mentions it here where he says that, you know, someone like Dino is going to become more powerful as he continues on in the game, but it doesn't come across as him thinking that Dino is a threat to him. It kind of comes across as he's someone I need to jump on and work with because as mm. he gets momentum, I'm going to work really close with him further in the season. So I do think Dino's got runway. And for some other reason, I called it in the beginning of the season, um, you'd got Riley talking Talking about his winner pick and Dino, um, my number one guy pick, not my winner pick in the draft, was Francois Chapman, uh, Chappies, and I just love because I'm a, I like the characters. What can I say? And this guy is a character. And um, with Chappies, I think that if they end up landing on the same tribe, Chappies is out of the loop, Dino is out of the loop. I can easily see them gravitating together. I can easily see Dino working with someone that is a bigger target than him that he can sit behind and have mm. a bit of a meat shield out there in front of him. Um, mm. But more importantly, um, I think the person to look out for at the moment, Riley, is my winner pick, which is um, Anella. Uh, not Anella, Anesu. Anesu is playing a good game. I've got a feeling that a woman Anesu. is going to win the season. Yeah, and yes. I've got a feeling a woman's about, We said that Absolutely. earlier about the currency in the game being information, and that is ultimately what Anesu has. And we see her going back to water and really telling her what's going on, what sort of different alliances are in the game. Mm. It seems as though Anesu and uh, Kieran, they seem to be the glue that are really holding these different alliances together at this point in the game. I, I do like how uh, Anesu has really made herself trusted by someone like Pinty as we see later in the episode with, with Pinty's perception as to who went against her and who stayed with her. Um, 
And then again, she, she has those strong relationships with water, which is really going under the radar right now. She's starting to get in bed with Kieran, who also has potentially Carla and Mike on his side as well. So I, I think Anessa was someone that has found herself right smack bang in the middle right at the moment. And she has lots of different ways she can go. So I, I really do think she's got great prospects in the game at the moment. 100%. I think Anessa's biggest the weakness, Tony. Me... Yep. No, you yep. go ahead. We're probably going to say the same thing. The so one it'll be thing interesting that kind to... of bugged me, maybe, the thing that bugged me about Anessa was how she was crying at trouble when Panty yep. left. I was like, damn, you're acting, girl. And I don't like that, okay? I'm, I'm all about authenticism and you need to be authentic. And maybe maybe she was sad because she did like it because we are. Sometimes you vote for people and you are sad, but you're doing it for the betterment of whatever. But it seemed a little bit... I don't know, I'm not manipulating, oh, I hate that word. But if I was with her on a tribe and she cried like that after voting, blindsiding somebody, I'd be very concerned about that person. So I will say, and I'm going to come out defending here my number one pick and and, and girl, um, Anessu. I don't think it was um, acting personally. I think that from the way I read Anessu from the status, I feel like she is someone that really believes in that spirituality and connecting with people at a different level. And I, Exactly. And and I got that whole energy. And it's it's strange to me because I'm not into the whole yogi vibe. I'm not a vegan. There's just no reason why I should be rooting for her as much as I am. But <laughs> I'm getting that positive energy and that vibe. And I said that to Riley, when her light shines through the camera, the way that it does when she speaks to us um, as an audience, and I can feel that energy. I can only imagine what she must be like in real life when you're talking to her, mm. you know, if that comes across across the camera that way. And um, I do think that with Pinty, she really wanted, because you see a lot of different um, conversations. It's all over the place with the strategy, but you see her talking to different people saying that she wants to work with Pinty. So I do think that she mm. had a connection and she says in the episode that she didn't realize this many people were actually against Pinty. Um, and it kind of mm. got her um, a little bit off guard because she thought Pinty was going to go deep in the game so she had to rejiggle and move in a way where she voted with the majority like so i do feel like power to, i think she had enough power to change it though so i'm, That's I'm interesting. wondering why she did it that's interesting because she's she's in with a lot of factions, but I think what she found is she's got three different factions currently that she's working with. She's got the the Wada um, the Wada and Kieran connection, and I believe uh, actually Wada and Tyson and her. Then she's got Kieran, Carla, and herself, and then she's got the 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 Pinty um, Chappies connection, and two of the three factions wanted Pinty gone. So she only had one yeah. faction that didn't. So I feel like she thought, is it worth it for me to fight here and burn my social capital this early on? Or, you know, how much do I really lose if I lose Pinty? Because I only lose pro probably Chappie's trust. I already don't trust Paul. So I think that she made the right move. But seeing that the, that the swap's going to happen in the next episode, depending on where she falls and where she lands, that could actually mess up her game because she's playing, in my opinion, the best game from what we've seen so far. But the issue for me with her is that she's got so many alliances and it's very difficult. Mm. Very few people in Survivor can, can juggle those many alliances and keep people happy throughout the whole game. So when when is I think if anyone can do come? it, she can, though. So I think if mm. anyone can do it, she can. And, let me, you know, we're speaking about energies, and I'm not surprised if she did get very connected to party. Because just a real silly fun fact, when my husband and I decided to get divorced, I came to Cape Town, and I climbed up to the top of Table Mountain one night to watch the sunset. 
and I was feeling low and drained and in a very bad place. And this little midget, I'm not midget, pocket rocket, sorry, girl came up to me and said, you look so familiar. And I was like, oh, she said, oh, you were on Survivor. And she just had this beautiful way about her. She was so lovely. And it was party. How wow. is that? So I party lost your organs on the top of, Mount, of Table Mountain. And she spoke to me for a very brief amount of time. And I even said to her, you should enter. And she said, mm. and I went, okay, don't say any more. So I think she was in the process. And meeting her for those few brief moments when I was feeling so low and sort of giving, she gave me such a nice energy. I felt so good after meeting her. So I'm pretty sure Inesu saw that in Panti because I saw it for a very brief moment, I can imagine. Although she was a very aggressive baby on the island, she's got a beautiful light in her. She's a beautiful human being. And um, so, yeah, Inesu probably did feel something. You're absolutely right. The crying, I think, for me, maybe would have worried me because I'd be like, if she cries for Panti, she'll cry for me, but she'll still write my name down. Yeah, and that's a fair comment because it's so early in the game and she's already seen as being very emotional so early in the game. I do want to move on to the immunity challenge. So in the immunity challenge, um, we have here in the beginning, one of the things I wrote down that was quite interesting is that Sean mentioned here that Dino has been pretty reluctant up until this point to do puzzles in mm. any of the challenges that we've gone to, which I found very interesting. I picked that little tidbit up um, and it also explains why Dino was the third choice to do the puzzle in the previous well, challenge and he ended up... Yeah, so so mm. Sean's actually stepped up, and and Dino's smart because he doesn't want a target on his back. But um, Sean's noticing that Dino sort of was holding back. So Sean is another person. Like, I mean, at the end of this challenge, you see Sean and Dino embracing and hugging each other, and Sean's very happy with Dino. Um, but I feel like Sean also mm -hmm. is very aware of the danger that Dino poses in this game. In this specific challenge, we do have both tribes again racing through an obstacle course, and they have to tra transport coconuts and sandbags from one part of the obstacle course to the next one and we've got that horrific scene with one of my favorites this season that need nearly breaking his back and and i don't know if it's i'm probably going to pronounce this right or wrong it's it's either gifs or gifs i normally call it gifs um but there's going to be gifs of this all over the internet now moving forward with the need um because like katinka also did that remember katinka yes, did that skippy and I remember. also so as soon as i saw that i was like oh my word he just did a katinka <laughs> but luckily he's not completely out of the game and we see him going here and one of the things that i noted was that um dino and sean is seen um running back quite a lot and helping their tribe mm. um sort of carry the with the some of the females that potentially struggle carrying that heavy bag over the balancing beam they're helping them uh do that but Teresa is still struggling even without any bag so Teresa, i know is a very early season favorite for a lot of people but my concern and and it's one of riley's picks as well for his team my concern with Teresa has always been how will she do physically and will she go deep yeah. enough in this game um how do you feel about Teresa's performances so far tony do you think she's someone that's got a lot of longevity in the game i you know what i love her as a person but and i hate to say it but when i first saw her i was like oh i don't know if she's going to survive the elements first and foremost i imagined after maybe 10 or so days she's going to be like i'm out this is just crazy um, but yet, then she actually shows quite a bit of um, strength in that she's very chill. But in mm. terms of that, I mean, look, it can swing both ways. Either people are just going to take her along because they think, well, once she's in merge, she's going to just sink her own game because she's never going to win individual immunity. So she's an easy, easy beat. So let's take her to merge because we don't, we're going to beat her in merge. Or she's going to be on a tribe that's going to be like, no, 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 we're all about tribe strength. 
But are they about tribe strength? Because if a tribe was about tribe strength, was Panty the right one? Was Jason the right one? You know? So they're maybe not always going for this tribe strength thing because they've already got, we've lost two physically strong players. So, Tony, we've got, um, I'm going to pronounce your name wrong and I apologize. Uh, Kumu Hello. Um, saying hi, Chris and Riley. I'm so happy to see Tony the survivor. I'm not even going to try that. <laughs> I can't pronounce that right. No, we're very happy to have Tony here. And so far, she's been adding a lot of additional wisdom because yeah. myself and Riley, we're the armchair critics, but it's always great to have someone here that has actually played the game mm -hmm. and has those little bit of tidbits and insights um, in regards to what's happening out there on the island as this is happening. Now, um, I also want to touch on here that Smash, who knew that he was going to be good at smashing those uh, puzzle pieces at the end there, he uses his superpower mm. to um, catch up with from, from behind. And um, I tell you what, you know, Smash is a rugby coach, but I do think he's got a future in cricket. He might need to go out there and do some fielding <laughs> coaching with the South African Proteas yeah. and show them how to throw the ball because I don't think our fielding's been doing so well recently. <laughs> so, yeah, so great to see this from, from he's great. Um, I like Smash. Him. And the, I like him. He's such a chill dude. He, he, yeah. he to me, um, oozes chill, you know, and uh, he's in my team. He was quite, he was one of my lower picks in my draft pick for the season, which will bring the draft pick up at the end, at the end. So you can see who we've got on our team, Sony, um, because one of us lost their first person in this episode. Um, but with an, uh, Anella, I was afraid that he was going to be a little bit too intense and that he could be like a Felix based on the videos that we saw in the beginning of the uh, season, but he's nothing like Felix and, um, mm -hmm. seems to be really good and and i think that he just gets enough confessionals to show us that he's going to be there for quite a while i feel like he will be there yeah. post merge and he's aware he's very aware from episode one i was like mm. this guy knows what's 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 popping you know 100%. Now, um, Riley, we see here that once again, Dino um, and Kihan, let's not forget Kihan was helping Dino on this puzzle. Yeah. It was a team effort, but Dino again pulls it out here and wins again another a puzzle challenge for his tribe. Um, and there's that epic celebration at the end. And like I said, he kind of looks really integrated with his tribe. Now, Sean, of all people, is starting to give Dino hugs and patting him on the back. And it seems like there's a new friendship that potentially could be forming there, um, which is good for Dino. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that would be a great Dino team. and Sean, great pair. Yeah, because because Sean really, he was. Uh, I think Sean was definitely the performer of that challenge. I mean, the the amount of weight he carried on those mm. balance beams was insane. Just going back and forth, back and forth, and really lifting for for players like Teresa and um, Nicole, who really struggled on the balance beam. There, he he really lifted his weight. But yeah, Dino again. Um, now that he's really starting to take on the responsibility and. Um, actually committing to the puzzles. He, he did a great job again here. I think his challenge performance in this episode has been great. As we discussed, could that put a target on him later down the track? Uh, but Kihan as well, obviously um, a, a great helper out there. Um, and on the other side, though, we see that Carla um, obviously taking the brunt of that of that puzzle with Anesu. Um, and I think she's a little bit wary mm. as to whether that will put a target on her back. Um, but I, I think the, the reception will get back to camp, though, from Vuna is that uh, I think people are too um, aren't too quick to point the finger at her, which I think is good that people recognise that you know that that could be mean that could be mean that position, and mm. I could have been the one that was doing the puzzle and put that target on my back. So uh, I think it's good that Vuna are at least aware that it's not really down to one person that they lose the challenge, which I think is good. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that the other thing here that's quite interesting is we see that uh, Santonia is going to be the person that is going to get sent to yeah. Immunity Island. There's that moment there where they're joking and they're like, oh, it'll be Chappies. And you know, see Chappies mm -hmm. having a, a chuckle at it as well because we all knew they were not going to send the physically no. strongest person from the other tribe to Immunity Island. I think that you know you mentioned earlier, Tony, that Teresa might be a target. Um, but this season specifically favors Teresa and Santoni, where I can see these two people being sent to Immunity Island the whole season if the format mm -hmm. doesn't change. So Which I is hope, amazing for me. Yeah, it's amazing for them, but it will make for predictable and boring TV in my mind if they don't change it up. So I hope that the producers are smart enough to say, yeah. okay, this round you have to unanimously agree. Everybody in the tribe needs to agree. And if everybody doesn't agree with the person, then we draw rocks like they did in um, Ghost okay. Island so that there's yeah. a little bit of randomness that comes into it. Because otherwise, Santoni mm -hmm. and um, Teresa will just have a free ride to the merge if this yeah. continues throughout the whole season. So I'm hoping they mix that up. But there's a great scene here with um, Santoni going to the Immunity Island. Now, obviously, you know, you you have to look at that and say, okay, there's a little bit of an asterisk next to her name, a tick against her for the fact that she now gets to sit out on the first tribal council. But she also creates her own luck in the specific scene where she yes. says, okay, I will stay. I will play because that makes sense. You're always going to play. Um, and there's another shout out here. And there's a few shout outs that I saw. There's a lot of Easter eggs to winners at war, which I love that we're seeing in this episode. And we saw that with the bequeath um, wording in the previous episode where they said you could give the idol to someone else. Um, in this specific one, there's the game that Wendell and Boston Rob played on winners at war. That becomes the game for the immunity, which it's not an easy game to play looking at that because you do need dexterity um, to be able to get that right. And it's timed. So you're going against the time you have to try and get the little rope mm -hmm. with the, the ring thrown onto this nail that's on a on a tree. Um, and she ends up getting that, which means that she's got the idol. But I was more impressed, Tony, with what she did after that. She's thinking to herself, I've got all this time in Immunity Island, so I might as well go and start looking mm -hmm. around. And yes. it ends up playing in her favor. Exactly. I was very, firstly, I was impressed that she got that hook thing. There is a place called Copper Lake Brewery in Joburg, and they've got all these games, and I have tried that thing. Okay, to be fair, I was a few beers down, and it's a hard <laughs> thing to do, okay? I could not get yeah. it, so well done to her. But yes, the forethought to then say, well, I'm here, I might as well keep it called Immunity Island. Like, no, you're right, it is. And I almost wondered to myself, Tony, would you have thought to done that, to have done that? And I really hope that I would have thought to have done that. Um, so, yeah, like kudos to her. I was very, very impressed because Teresa didn't think about that. They didn't show no. Teresa thinking about that. So, yeah, no. well done to her. And it panned out. Well done. Yeah. And you would have imagined that it would have been there when Teresa was out there as well, and she would have had the first stab at finding that. And I'm sure that it will still there will be because there's a this is a clue to the idol on their beach. So if Santony gets sent mm. back to Immunity Island next time, and she's shuffled onto a different beach, she's got the potential similar to how Jack knew. Yeah, so she might go and look for it at a different island. It might be at the same place. She might have that yes. same advantage that Jark had in the previous season where he immediately knew to go to the whale when he was on a new island. So this all could very much play in Santuni's favor, the specific thing. The other thing here that I really liked is the location of where the idol is hidden. Yeah. It's in Tribal Council, Riley, at the back of the wall inside one of those wooden things. And again, I think this is another subtle throw throwback to Winners at War when Adam Klein went and looked at the back where the where all of the torches were and he looked for an idol. So I think yeah. that the producers really paid attention. 
Which I think is something we saw yeah. in Australian Survivor All Stars, actually, a uh, an idle location at the back of Tribal Council. But right. I do like that. Oh, obviously, Tony, on your season, I think it was Palesa that found the idol on the podium there. Uh, I think just just the exactly. ingenuity of all the of, of production and the Rubota, obviously, um, being the creative director on this season, just the ingenuity to to think of all these different idol locations that aren't just next to the well or in a tree somewhere. And to really mix it up, I think that's a great thing that Survivor South Africa are doing. They're really thinking outside of the box. Um, as mm. you mentioned there, Chris, obviously Adam scrambling around, being, being the Survivor fan that he is, and obviously watching Survivor South Africa and Australian Survivor and knowing where they hide idols there. Uh, I do like that Survivor South Africa are, are hiding idols in different locations and at Tribal Council. Obviously, Santanese said, if, if, I, if I think I need it now, I'll just grab it. Otherwise, I'll just leave it until later and, and just grab it at another point, which I think is is good in her part. She, she can obviously hide that somewhere at Tribal Council. Um, another thing that I want to mention, Chris, is the disadvantage there is a vote against um, Santini's yes. name. Do, do you think, would, would you actually take that opportunity to go back to camp? Or would you think that would be a big disadvantage to you? No, I think that you take, whenever you're out there on Immunity Island, you you stay and play. Because remember, if you don't stay and play, you lose immunity that round. Firstly, yeah. everybody's expecting you to have immunity. So maybe they won't throw a vote against you because they're expecting you to come back with something. But I feel like it's such a big mm. risk to take when you can definitely get immunity. Even if you lose the challenge, fine, you've got a vote against you. I just wouldn't tell anybody that I've got a vote against me going into the next round. That you just keep secret and hope that no one else decides to throw votes on you and try and deflect it onto someone else. Mm. Um, but for me, there's only one choice in any of these games and it's always to stay and play. You get one opportunity to play Survivor, especially in Survivor South Africa. We haven't seen an all-star season yet. Um, myself and Riley, for those listening to this, we are going to do our first very own all-stars pick when it's the off-season and we'll, we'll think, we'll put our producer's hat on and we'll say, these are the people that we would like to see come out and play Survivor South Africa Season 10 when Survivor South Africa has their first um, all-star season. Because I've got a feeling we're, we're bound to see that happening pretty soon. If it's not Season 9, Season 9 is an odd number. I, my money is on Season 10. We will see an all-star season. So um, we'll start looking into that. But at this and point, I think we haven't seen an all-star season. To pull from. I yeah. agree. Yeah, enough really great castaways. Absolutely. Yeah, this has got to wait one season so that I can play first. No, I'm just joking. Um, but anyway, so it'll be a good season to watch. It'll be a good season to watch regardless um, when we see all these favorites of ours coming back because there is so much talent. And I think that, you know, there's certain players that a couple of seasons ago you would have thought, how do you see this player coming back? Because they'll have such a big target on their back. But there's been a lot of big players mm. since then. So I think that you could bring a lot of those big names back unless you're Rob Bentelli. You've got a chance. I think if Rob comes back, if he makes it past vote three, I'm be, I'd be surprised. He's just too big of a threat mm. to come back. Yeah. And, and I think no winners should come back for an all-star season. I think that if there any winners come back, um, it's just too big of a target, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you're putting them at a disadvantage already, just bringing them back in. Like, it's, it, yeah, like it, you're just paying for a flat, and then you're going to pay for another flat back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, Tony, putting you on the spot here, if you were asked to come back and play all-stars, would you do it? Absolutely. I mean, I think anybody who wouldn't would be foolish because a second chance to play a game that so many people want to have a first chance to play, one. Two, the lessons I learned so much about, not just the game, but myself, I'd love to relearn some new things. And like, you know, and then three, um, I would love an opportunity to play my, really my own game because I felt like I got lost a little bit. I started playing other people's games for them. I played Banner's game for him. I played PK's game for him. I 
didn't play my own game. So I want to go there and play my own game. And if it means I'm the first dude, fuck it. Excuse my language. But I'll do it. But I want to go there and play my own game now. Nice. Well, we'd love to see you come back and play the game again and get some redemption Thanks. for sure. And we really appreciate you obviously coming here today and talking to us on this episode. So that's an automatic tick in your next to your name for when we do the <laughs> All Stars draft. <laughs> exactly. So um, we go back to tribal camp. Oh, not back to tribal. We go pre-tribal here to the Vuna camp, and a lot of scrambling is going to happen here um, with different people talking about who the target would be going into this um, tribal council. And we find out very quickly that it's going to be between two people. It's either going to be Mike or it's going to be Pinty, who the target is going to be on going into this tribal council. For me, what's really interesting here is that as soon as Carla finds out that Mike's name is out there and that he's in danger, Ooh. Carla really does all the work here. And to me, it looks like she's the person who really swayed the vote away from Mike because she's saying that she's going to be very protective of Mike throughout this whole episode or throughout the whole game at this point. Um, and she's going to bring other people's name up. And she's the one that's starting to put out that, listen, Pinty is being very obnoxious. She's someone that um, is grading people the wrong way. And she has those conversations with Anesu, who then ends up talking to Wada about it. And she kind of gets that shift here. Um, Carla, to me at this stage, she is someone that I have got also in my team and someone that I um, think is very strong. It's funny because I've got, this is why I think a female is winning this, Tony. I've got Anesu, Amy, and Carla, and I feel very confident with having all three of those ladies because all three of them are playing a stellar game at this stage. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think they, I mean, I had Amy on my radar quite early on. Um, I actually had Wada on my radar as well, but I think mm. Anesu is kind of outshining Wada, and if them two are going to stick together, Wada, the only way Wada wins is if she gets rid of Anesu. And that's going to be hard if they are super tight. Um, so I think you've got, yeah, the, the three that you've chosen sounds... Pretty solid I mean, Carla could pull a poverty as well. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, Carla's I a pretty girl. She could poverty the shit out of some of those boys. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Like, um, I think she's a lot smarter than what people think. And I think that, you know, being a pretty blonde girl as well, being blonde, you know, there's the stereotype out there that people might think she doesn't have it all up there, but she's thinking mm -hmm. a lot of steps ahead in the game at the moment. And I think she's in a very powerful position here moving forward in the game. We also have um, Kiran here as someone that's a bit of a mover and a shaker, someone, Riley, that you're following quite closely. And Kiran is the other person here that sort of latches onto the plan of getting rid of Pinty in this position. What did you think of Kiran for this episode and how he's moving and shaking at the moment? Yeah, we saw earlier in the episode, um, but before the immunity challenge, that Carla came up to Kiran and, and really started to build that level of trust with him. And I think she was, um, you know, very wary of Pinty and saying that, you know, she's someone that she can't trust. She feels a little bit uncomfortable around her. Um, and I think she mentioned that Chappies as well was someone she wasn't um, too close with. Uh, and I think mm. Kiran is at least, he seems very receptive to the fact that there are bigger targets there that he might not have as strong a relationship with. And he does he does recognise that Carla's obviously someone that's on the outs of the tribe and he can use her as a number. And with with that, he obviously has that strong relationship with Tyson um, and, again, also with Anesu. So he, he obviously brings in Anesu, who really does seem to be this um, mi middle ground for everyone. She, she almost seems like the sun and all the others are almost the planets orbiting around her at this point. She really does have that much power in the game, holding all those alliances together. Um, and, and, yeah, she 
Kieran does walk up to her on the beach and really start to bring up this plan of should we get rid of Mike, uh, sorry, Pinty, keep Mike safe because Mike is a number we can use down the line and we can obviously get his trust on our side um, and, and someone we can manipulate and, you know, have as an extra number and, and someone else to trust because Pinty at the moment seems to be uh, rubbing a lot of people the wrong way and to get that negative energy, um, at least from what Carla and, and Kieran are feeling a little bit uncomfortable around her, from the camp, it's ultimately going to create a little bit more kumbaya um, and also gain that trust with Kyler and Mike as well. Mm. We didn't see a lot, um, Tony, of Tyson this episode, but we do get a little bit of a scene here with Tyson and Pinty obviously talking and Pinty telling Tyson mm. about the diplomatic immunity. And he says that, you know, information is the currency in this game, which we've already mentioned a few times in this podcast, and that he's getting a lot of it coming his way. It was interesting because there was a few times in the episode that it sounded like he wanted to go against Mike, not against Pinty. So it shows he that he didn't get his way this episode, but we are getting just enough of Tyson that kind of gives me a little bit of early stages Rob Bentele vibes I'm getting information coming my way he had that strong quote in the beginning in episode one where he said I would rather die than lose um what do you think of Tyson here do you think he's a sleeper at this stage and someone we should keep an eye on yeah he's also like I love Tyson um I just adore the guy I think that he's and also somebody I would definitely have played with I would have gravitated completely to somebody like him if there's a PK vibe to him you know that's there and yeah, I definitely and we all know how much I love PK but again the fact that he was so close to Panty because it looked like they were really connected also it's confused me again about how Panty became the vote because there were two mark votes all he really needed was another three so with a Nesu and a Wada and a Tyson, it could have happened. So, you know, yeah. I, that's why I was very confused about the Panty vote. Because like, like we say, Tyson was now on the wrong side. He didn't get his way. But a Nesu didn't get her way either. So Carla got her way. How did 100%. that happen? Yeah. You know, let's, exactly. let's go to Carla and say, okay, hang on, wait. Because that part, that's Mark could have gone home. If Wada, a Nesu, and everyone... Because they, you know, they didn't get their way, but they could have got their way. So why did Carla get her way? It's very interesting. Yeah, this oh, I episode think did a lot of that. I she think gave, did a lot of that Carla lot, so. obviously gave a good enough. Sorry, Riley. Yeah, I think Pinty did a lot of that to herself, though. Obviously, when she was interrogating Kieran and saying, well, why, why do you want to get rid of Mike? Because he's someone you're close with. Why are you so gung-ho against getting him out? And I, I think Anessu recognised that Kieran was feeling very uncomfortable in that moment because she was really going hard and interrogating against him. Yep. And I think she saw that, you know, Carla's got a problem with her. Mike's got a problem with her. I'm seeing what she's doing to Kieran right now in front of me and how aggressive she's been. Is that someone I can trust yes. in the end? And, and seeing that she brought in Paul, who obviously Anessa didn't trust, she thought, well, you know, mm. who else is going to come into this alliance? And, and, and can I trust Pinty as being someone I can work with in the end? If she's going to bring people like Paul in who... I don't feel too strongly about, and she's not going to, you know, discuss that with me. So I, I think Anessu recognised that Pinty was making enough fractures in the tribe, whereas it would become a problem down the line for her. And Mike is someone they kind of keep under control a little bit. So I, I think Anessu was and I think, a, a little bit more keeping the calm in the tribe there. And I think what's also, like I said, remember when I said like you can plant a seed in someone and that seed grows. Maybe. Mm people wouldn't have even seen Pinty as being aggressive, but because Carla said the words, oh, she's coming in strong, she's aggressive, she's making everyone, it became more real. So mm. before, when they saw Pinty maybe being aggressive, they thought, oh, it's just Pinty, that's what she's like. 
But now the CSB turns and Carla gave a good enough argument of aggressive, 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 aggressive. So when somebody talks to you, well, this person's aggressive. Whereas the day before you weren't thinking it, but somebody planted it. So I think Carla did a good enough job of convincing and then Panty dug her grave by being, mm. if that makes sense. I, I agree. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 100% I agree with you guys and and I think that this episode really had me really got me because you know you always try and say okay I think this person's going home I actually thought Mike was going home going into this tribal council because I saw just enough to convince me we even had the scene there at the end with Mike and um, Carla sitting on the beach and uh, talking about the fact that no you're still going to be here for a long time they seemed a little bit overconfident that the vote was going to go their way Carla seemed very confident that she's got the whole tribe under control and it kind of threw me off I was like oh yeah this is the edit of you're getting too comfortable in the game and then bam they're going to slam you with you going home but it does end up going the way of um, Pinty here ultimately. And in Tribal Council, there was a lot of cryptic talking. You know, Tribal Council, it can be difficult to decipher what's real and what's not because obviously you're playing that cat and mouse game with Nico where you're trying not to give too much away to him when he's asking the questions. But the, the overarching theme that I sort of picked out in Tribal Council was that everybody was talking about the fact that this vote was to try and keep the tribe strong and that it sounded, and this is, I think, where the vote ended up landing, is that who would sort of upset the fewest people in the tribe if they were to go home. And it sounded like Pinty yes. had just that little bit less people that were willing to fight for her. Mm. Exactly. And it's so important this stage yeah. within the game because if you do vote someone out that splits the tribe in two and you end up going into the tribe swap next episode like we've seen happening, you've got a real big problem with people jumping over to the other side. And that was my comment to Riley in our first episode recap. I said that I still think Sean and Kian have got some room to move because I feel like they felt that outside of the loop. No one spoke to Sean prior to the tribal council. He didn't have any clue. They didn't even bother giving him a fake plan of where he should vote because they didn't talk to him about it. Sean is 100% going to jump when they do the the swap i just don't see Absolutely. him staying with that group you know so overall yeah. i think with this specifically in this episode it was a great episode overall but one of the things i want to review is specifically looking at our draft picks coming into this specific episode and let's see where we're sitting on that so uh, let's get it up so this is our draft currently right here, Riley's team and Chris's team. And we're going to have someone from Riley's team biting the dust and Pinty, yep. um, who was his third last pick here in his draft. And she's going to go into eliminated with Jason. Sadly, we've got his picture down there as well. Um, and looking at this, Tony, who do you think is the people that are in the most danger going into this next episode? Who do you have your money on? Um, I know it's very difficult to predict because we're going to, end up with a completely new dynamic with new tribes being formed and things mm. like that but if you had to sort of put a wild guest out there who do you think has got um the most to worry about going into this next episode i think dino is i'm worried about dino because wherever he goes the other tribe got to see what he got up to they know what he got up to there's no hiding for him mm. so mm. i'm a little bit worried about dino I'm also worried, I am worried about the Santuanis and the um, Torisos because of the fact that they are somewhat um, seen as the, the weaker the links in terms of having a, a strong tribe. But I think that, yeah. well, look, you know what, it's looking, looking at the, the tribes as where they are now, considering the fact that it was completely random picks, what balanced tribes they ended up being, hey? 
The yeah, fact that some twenty and a Teresa weren't on the same tribe, and you know, it just ended up being a very balanced tribe. And why you and Anessu were very fortunate in that that they went onto the same tribe because I think that power in numbers helped them. And if they get yeah. separated, I worry a little bit about them because people might talk about them as a power couple. Yeah, well, I no, mean, no one uh, knows that Anessu was a yoga instructor yet, though. Yeah, no, no one knows that. that, that, yeah, so that, that there's, there's no tell as to those two being together at the moment. So I do think that Anessa and also has Kira. Enough. Yeah, yeah, and Kira, Kira knows her from university, obviously. So Anessa does have enough ah. connections that I, I think she's going to be safe enough, and she does seem like someone. I'm worried that, for Wada. You know, is Wada. I'm worried worry. about Wada. Yeah. Well, Wada, Santini, Teresa being the perceived weaker challenge threats. Um, also, mm. Paul. Obviously, he was blindsided in that last vote there. And it doesn't look like he has any real strong relationships there. I that do could work worry in his that favor. He, he might be a scapegoat there. It, it could work in his favour as well. But I, I don't see Paul as being too much of a schemer. I think he's really going to stick to the tribal lines. But it, it's going to be interesting mm. to see how this swap shakes out. I'm assuming it's going to be a four and four split or five and four, I suppose it will be. So uh, at least, uh, actually, yeah, it, it'd be each tribe would have an advantage on each, I think it would end up being. Um, unless we go to three tribes, even who knows what will happen there. But Maybe. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what sort of dynamics we'll get in the next episode. I, as you mentioned there, Tony, I think, yeah, people like Santini and, and Teresa are going to be the ones that will be the obvious target. But with Immunity Island Santini's in play, not going anywhere. Do, they, do they get sent there uh, to, to Immunity Island? And <laughs> you're right, Chris, Santini obviously has the idol there. So, yeah, lots of factors to consider. Yeah. I, I, I really don't know how things are going to shake out. And it really does come down to what sort of um mixes there are on this next tribe swap yeah i'm, I'm yeah, really excited so to see where we're gonna land with this with these yeah. teams i do feel like there's a few more players in uh, riley's team that i'm afraid of so riley i think you might take a, a second l um in this next round but we'll see how it plays out because i think yeah. Warda, uh paul i'm a bit worried about paul i don't think you're gonna paul like some people compare compare him to Doral, but Doral wasn't as clueless as to what was going on. He came across as very clueless, but he always knew where the social dynamics was. He always knew where the votes were going. Even if he voted for the incorrect person, he was doing it because it was part of a plan for him to put votes on someone else. So I don't see Paul as game savvy as Dural in that regard. So I am worried about Paul. He does seem to be out of the loop. He's someone that Inesu doesn't trust, which is a, a red flag against him. Warda, if she lands on a tribe without uh, Inesu, we've not seen any of her other connections the edit hasn't shown us her connecting with anybody but anesu which i'm worried about for her and tyson, um, as well. and, and tyson, tyson you're right she's got tyson. Um, yeah. yes so tyson yeah interesting one there as well like it, it's there's so much that can happen i'm really excited to see where the next episode is going to lead i also wanted to do a quick review of something that you mentioned earlier uh tony with where people landed after episode one i don't know if it's quite mm. visible on there but we had the votes here for who was the player that played the best game in episode one and that a need ultimately won out on 44.8 percent of the votes i think tyson was in second place for most of it and he did end up landing in second place there on 13.39 of the vote i personally think that people are going to gravitate they hardly showed him so why did tyson get votes if he was barely shown it's like a bit weird i was surprised me, as well you know like yeah my vote went my i did votes and i think i voted for i actually voted for Splash because i think that oh, really he, wow. yes there's i just think 
you know, I know he didn't make the moves, he didn't plan the moves, or he didn't whatever the moves, you know, but I felt like he, he just because he really stood out for me in episode one, I was like, this guy is switched on. Yes. So I think that um, going into this next episode, I've got a feeling people are going to be very results focused and the most flashy things are going to win out. So I am predicting mm -hmm. Santoni is going to get the most votes, but yes. I don't think she played the best game. Like for me personally, if yeah. I had to put a vote out on who I think played the best game this episode, it has to go to the person who dictated where the vote ended up landing at the end. And I'm going to have to give it to Carla. It doesn't mean that she's going to yeah. be the best person overall for the whole season, because I do think that when you put yourself out there as much as she has as the leader, as the person pushing her agenda, she's going to get found out somewhere down the line um, unless she's savvy enough to get that target back off her. But in my opinion, mm. she's the player who played the best game this episode. Riley, who do you have um, as the player that played the best episode for you? In the same vein, I'd say Kyla is probably number two only because I think Kieran had that connection with Anesu and he was really going to be the, 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 the driving force behind that vote. Um, and obviously, Kieran is someone that it seems like everyone can trust him at this stage. Obviously, Kyla coming to him out of everyone to really drive that vote. Um, and Kieran obviously bringing that forward in getting a Nessu, who in turn brought along uh, Wada and Tyson there. Kieran, for me, I, I think he's played really well in these first couple of episodes. We don't know how the tribe swap will shake out, but he seems like someone that's going to be there for a long time, it seems. He, he's very socially aware and you know also very strategic savvy as well. Tony, who do you have as the person? I think you agreed with me quite uh, vigorously there when I said, I don't Carla, do you have anybody else there? Riley, Riley <laughs> changed my mind. Sorry. <laughs> well done, Riley, because I was going to go Carla. But now that Riley says it, because actually, you're right, because Carla, by being so forthright about what she wanted mm. the vote to be, she has put herself mm. in the spotlight, whereas Kieran got his way without putting himself in the spotlight. And yep. I think yep. that's a talent and that's that's going to save him because uh, she's up there and he's at the back going, oh, well, I, you know, but it means like he did a lot, actually. So, yeah, I'm going to change mine to Kieran as well then in that case because that actually makes a lot of sense. And the other thing that worries me is that Carla was so protective over Mark that people might start seeing them two and worrying about what's going on with those two. And um, she's either, because of that closeness with another person, she's either going to dig her own grave or she's still going to dig Mark's grave in the end. No, I agree with you guys. And I think that um, Kiran, um, I'm going to continue to keep mine on Carla because I'm not focusing on the long term here. I just want to see who actually drove the vote for this specific episode. And I think she's the one who made it happen. And she it, saved yeah. the ILI. But I do agree long term. And I think I kind of alluded to that even in the beginning of mentioning Carla. Long term, I think she's put a target on her back um, using all the social capital. But then again, if you don't have allies, you also don't have longevity in the game. So sometimes you've got to push. You can't always be a passenger. Sometimes you have to be a driver. But Kiran, um, I think this benefits his game as well because he is seen as being close mm. with both Carla and Mike as well. It even gets pointed out by Pinty early in the episode that he's close to both of them as well. So I think he's in a good position. I think that Kiran is playing the game all of us fans thought Dino would play when he actually got out there. I think he's playing the game that we thought Dino would play, but Dino is overplayed at this point too much. Um, but I do think that as he continues on, I think there's still legs to his story. I don't think he's going to go home next week. Um, I think that Imagine he's going to Imagine him and Dino on the get put on the same tribe. Do you think, oh, I'm just thinking, him and Dino could play together. They would, I mean, if they got into the same tribe, I could see them getting getting along. Here and mm. Dino. Something to look out for definitely mm. in the future episodes. Now, Tony, 
I've had a lot of fun talking to you about this season of Survivor South Africa. And I want to know, is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything that you're doing currently? Um, where can people follow you? I'll make sure to put some links into the description. I'm sure most people know where they can, but I'll still I put mean, that out I'm, there. I mean, I'm on Tinder nowadays, you know. I'm single, so <laughs> that's where I live. It's Tinder and Bumble, I'm joking. <laughs> How do they find you I on mean, Tinder? Just keep swiping left and right vigorously <laughs> until you find her. She's she's in the she's in the Cape Town region, guys. So just put your radius at 150 kilometers around Cape Town and start vigorously and swiping my, left and right. Don't let my age distract you. I'm 41, but I'm, I like the younger men, so it's okay. <laughs> well, you're no, you're still you've got a lot of energy. <laughs> you're still going strong, you know. Yeah. You've got you're active. You're doing the rock climbing. You're doing your. Do you CrossFit? Did I see CrossFit in there as well? I used to. I used to CrossFit quite actively, but I don't anymore. Now I just train at home and you know do do my thing here. Uh, but I love yeah. exercising. And <laughs> um, yeah, so but Twitter. I'm I, I'm on Twitter all the time, as you know. I'm very active there. Um, then also like my online game with Ruse Online um, Survivor game is on Facebook and we're always looking for applicants to just host and have fun with. So You're looking for girls at the moment, right? You said, I've seen online there's a, yes, a real outcry where are for the girls. Women? So, yeah, so ladies, mm. yeah, we, apply we for the, the show. All, yeah, come on, ladies. Like, let's show, let's show, let's show these guys what, what we got, you know. Um, yeah, the ladies seem a little bit more timid when it comes to online games. So we are looking for some ladies. But, yeah, that's where you can find me, Facebook and Twitter. That's where I live. Um, don't get offended by things I say because, you know, that's <laughs> my opinion only. And while we're on the subject, I also want to say happy Pride Month to everybody. I see we've got a lot of representation on Season 8 of the LGBTQ plus community, and I love that. So happy Pride, everybody. 100%. Happy Pride. And sorry that we actually lost one of the LGBTQs. Yes, happy Pride. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and one of the things I think that the season has done really well is they have brought a lot of diversity um, to mm. the show and Survivors of Africa continues to push the limits mm. on that. Do I think that we're perfect? No, but no show is perfect, guys. Give it a break. You know, I think Survivors of Africa is doing a really good job. They're pushing for that. We've got a Survivors yeah. of uh, Season 41 that's coming out that looks really representative in the, really the States, mm. which is going to be good. And um, it'll be interesting to see um, how Australian Survivor fares this time around. I've seen the early trailer for that, Riley, it looks like yeah. they're Most pushing promising. for a little bit more diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Brains first, brawn. And yeah, a, a lot more diversity, it seems, um, just from the early snippets we've seen, especially when compared to uh, earlier seasons on Australian Survivor. So yeah, looking forward to that one as well. And it's around the corner again. I mean, Tony, uh, I'm not sure about you, but to have three seasons of Survivor really in, in the next couple of months, um, it's so great. After a, a year and a half without anything, it's just, uh, I'm so glad it's back no. in our and, and this season is really living up to the expectations as well. 100%. I mean, honestly, I'm just so super happy because I've just been, I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race because that's my other favourite reality show. And at least I've had RuPaul, but I'm missing Survivor, you know. There's a difference yeah. between makeup and, and islands. <laughs> Big, big difference, yeah. So I've been watching The Challenge, <laughs> which I also talk about on uh, this oh, so specific good. reality pop. So so anybody that watches The Challenge, we also do our um, episode recaps on that. And we will be doing some off-season content talking about who we would like to cast on the next rival season for The Challenge, the the next Exus, Battle, Ex Battle of the Exus season moving forward. So there will be a couple of really cool off-season off content. And 
I think one of the things I'm the most excited about is talking about who, which other players would we like to see make the the step or the plunge into the challenge world from Survivor Crossover. or from Big Brother or from all of these other seasons because they do keep picking people for these shows that I always think, why do you not choose the best players from these other shows? But I guess mm. that you know every show wants to keep their best players only for themselves instead of giving it to another show like The Challenge. Riley, I want to come over to you and sort of you know, give you an opportunity. What are you working on on your channel, Snuffed, on YouTube? What do you have coming up? Yes, we're continuing the journey of winners of US Survivor. Earl Cole, the winner of Survivor Fiji, will be discussing his journey to the Tyler Soul Survivor this week. Also going through and recasting Survivor Micronesia as if it was All Stars 2. So plenty of content to look uh -huh. forward to. And also discussing Survivor Season 41 as well. So there's plenty over there. It's Snuffed on YouTube. Awesome. awesome. Well, guys, it's been great talking to you. Um, all of the links to Tony's Instagram and Twitter and everything will be down below in the description. I'll add that in at the end. Um, also, my link to my Instagram and my Twitter is on there. I'm probably the most active on Twitter at this stage. So join us there if you want to know when we go live next time. Um, and we should also have the exit interview with Pinty um, available on Monday. She couldn't do it on this Friday. So we had to reschedule it to Monday. And I'm looking forward to talking to Pinty about her experience um, on the show. Even though she was there for a very short period of time, I think she added a lot as a character on the show. And similar and to Jason, it is a shame that we don't get to see more of her on the show. But that is the nature of the beast. We don't want to bring back um, something like uh, Exile Island or, you know, what's it, Redemption Island <laughs> into this specific season because <laughs> it is sadly, you got you got to say bye to some of your best, some of your favorite players. It's yeah. sad, you know, but... Where can you go? At least none of us are crying like Anisu at this stage. That might happen in episode yeah. three or episode four if we lose Mike Laws Coming. or someone like that. All right, guys. <laughs> it's been great talking to you. Talk again next week. Bye.